Blog Talk Radio. Are now tuned in to the mother uh, greatest. Welcome, 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 everybody. You are tuned in to Let's Chat. My name is Tony, and I'm going to be joined shortly by my one and only girl, Miss Lisa. Hey, girl, how you doing? Hey, T, what's going on, y'all? Nothing, nothing, nothing. Welcome, everybody, to this Friday night edition of Let's Chat. So how's everybody weekend today? I, I want to say this. You know, not a lot of times we don't get into hot topics because this is not what we do. I want to talk about all of these uh, allegations of sexual harassment that are, like, all over the place. You name it, they're going back to 181982. What is going on? Hmm. I've been looking at that, and uh, it just kind of makes you wonder not taking anything away from the action that has been done and to all those that has is still being done to today, but why has it taken so many years for them to come out? Hmm. Just and if that's the case, why is Trump still in office? Because he sexually harassed everybody. I mean, every time you turn around, I mean, just before he got in office, he had a rape case that just kind of disappeared. I know. Everyone's talking about that disappearing case. Very interesting, though. <laughs> Very I'm interesting. Just I'm just saying. How was your week, T? My week has been crazy, crazy busy. I am so glad it's Friday once again. It, thank God it is Friday. We have a great show lined up. My name is Tony once again, and my one and only wonderful co-host, Miss Leisha. We stay busy here on this chat. And if you guys missed last night's show, make sure you hit those on cards because we had a ball in the chat room. And that's not taking away from what we got going on tonight because another hot topic, Leash, lukewarm passion. Talk to yes. Us about that. 
Yes. This is the thing. And we have three fabulous guests that are going to come in here. We're going to talk that talk with them. We got uh, author Godfrey Nicholson, who is also our show sponsor. We have author and publisher Miss Shan and author Brenda uh, Stokes will be in here. Mm-hmm. And she, they're going to be talking that talk with us today. But when I say lukewarm passion, we don't like lukewarm people. You know what I'm saying? When you ever got people that's lukewarm around you, just kind of like, eh, you tend not to mess with them. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. though? Lukewarm people you don't <laughs> yes. mess with. However, we also tend to be lukewarm about our passion, about our visions, and about the, the journey we're taking. A lot of times we're lukewarm about ourselves and the directions we're going in. And you got to stop doing that. You can't let other people be lukewarm about you, but you can't be lukewarm about yourself. Using words Mm -hmm. like I might, possibly, I think, no, you got to know what you know because you know it. You got to know this is what you want because you want it. Not because somebody told you you wanted it, not because, you know, it sounds like a good idea, but because you like, okay, this is what I want to do. And then you start planning. But when you start being mm-hmm. lukewarm about what you're doing and why you're doing it, that means you really shouldn't be doing it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's interesting because um, I tend to, you know, I always try to be uh, a positive, upbeat type of person. And I usually try to speak into existence, whatever it is that I'm passionate about at that moment. Because when you start flip-flopping, and I kind of use that word because you're flip-flopping between should I, shouldn't I, could I, you kind of take away the desire to even do anything. And um, I, I saw a post, I can't remember where, or maybe it was my pastor speaking. I know it stayed with me. I think it was my pastor speaking this morning on the radio. He said that um, if you want to get something done, don't have it done by somebody that got a whole lot of time. You want it done by someone that's busy. They're going to schedule it in. They're going to stay on it until it gets done. Otherwise, you don't know when it's going to get done. And I kind of take that as being lukewarm as well. So you want to be busy. You want to stay on your grind because if you don't grind for what you want, then nobody else will. Absolutely. And and that's the thing. I think a lot of times, you get stuck in somebody else is going to do it for you. Well, ain't nobody else going to do mm-hmm. it for you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You have, mm-hmm. and don't send me no inboxes, but you have a lot of authors that feel like their their publisher is going to do it for them. That's not your publisher's job. And if you're mm-hmm. not grinding hard for yourself, your publisher is not going to grind hard for you. You see what I'm saying? We had um, Leslie uh, Ella Wright on, and, you know, she signed to – a big publishing house. And she was like, they don't mm-hmm. do nothing. You know what I'm saying? So I think we get kind of spoiled in a moment. But when mm-hmm. you are an independent publisher, an independent author, you have to grind hard. I don't care if you're signed or not. You got to grind harder mm-hmm. for yourself than anybody else. Because if you are with a publishing house, you have to be able to outshine them. You don't want them to outshine you. You don't want to just fall in the background. You mm-hmm. want to be able to stand side by side. You see what I'm saying? That makes sense, T. Right. 
It does because you are your brand. You know, no one's going to work harder for you than you. Uh, a publisher may not just have you in their camp because they are going to be working with multiple authors. So if you want to shine, like Lisa says, you got to get out there and get on your grind. You got to have those, those paperbacks. You got to pull them out at the gas station, at the 7-Eleven, at the Starbucks, because you are your walking brand. So make sure you get your word out, get your, your, your work out. And um, that's the only way you're going to make it in this industry because no one's going to do it better than you do it for yourself. Absolutely. And it's not that, you know, I don't believe it's that there's a hate all the time. I think that mm-hmm. it's um, a lack of drive sometimes. Being lukewarm about your situation and the position you're in. Even if you are seasoned or not, you still can't be lukewarm about it. Normally, if you get around a lukewarm person, those are the people you kind of be like, uh-uh. It's just something. But mm-hmm. you can't be mad when mm-hmm. they lukewarm about what you're doing. You know, they always say, look out. What, what is that, what's that saying? Watch out for the ones that don't clap for you when you're winning. Mm-hmm. But if you lukewarm mm-hmm. about yourself and what you're doing, you can't get mad because ain't nobody clapping. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's 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 powerful. And before we go any further, I just want to welcome all our new listeners. You know, Alicia and I, we tend to just jump into our topics, jump into whatever it is that we have going on at the show at the moment. But here on Let's Chat, just to give you a little bit of background on what it is that Alicia and I do here on Let's Chat, we love celebrating literature and not just literature. Um, as you heard, we talked about publishing. We've had artists on. We've had actors on. We've had lawyers. We've had a slew of different guests walking different walks of life here in the chat room, but we love doing it in a warm, fun, and intimate environment. We love bringing their passion to the doors of Let's Chat and in turn bring it to our listening audience and to enjoy because you never know who you may touch that is listening to the show each and every night that we are on. They may be at a time in their lives where they needed to hear that word and to know Mm -hmm. what it is to just get where it is that they need to get to. So if you ever get a chance, just go back and check out our archives. You can find Alicia and I on any podcast. Did I get that right, Alicia? <laughs> yes, any podcast app. Uh, iTunes. <laughs> you you, you want to find less chat? You can find less chat. And I, I'm glad that, you know, we have the guests we have today because we have get three different guests that are in different levels. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we always love to have Aaron on the show, and we love to, to kick it around with him. And he always says there's levels to this thing. It's levels mm-hmm. to publishing. It's levels to writing. It's levels to the literary industry. And we happen to have three fabulous guests that are at different levels. And each mm-hmm. level has different, um, I believe, has different um, challenges, has different um high points, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But on each level Mm -hmm. is different. So what one person is going to experience, the next person may not. And that next person may not. You know what I'm saying? So I'm excited that we have Mm -hmm. three different um, guests that can give us three different views and and, and Mm -hmm. insight into uh, what goes on in their world at that level. Mm-hmm. And also, Leash, at those different levels, you are reaching different audiences. So it's always important, um, as Devo has always said, to know the audience that you're trying to reach. 
You know, you can't go over to um, a, a mystery publisher even or a mystery audience trying to get your erotica book out or trying to get your children's book out. You have to know your audience. I'm going to say, yeah, but I'm going to disagree. You're, you're, I believe okay. that your audience is whoever you grab hold of. You see what I'm saying? They may be mystery mm-hmm. readers. They may be a reader that's into mysteries. But the way you pitch your book to them grabs them and pulls them on in. So everybody mm-hmm. can't. Everybody's not marketable. Yeah, I said it. Don't send me no emails. I'm sorry, but not sorry. Everybody is not marketable. But you got people that can sell their book anywhere. That means their audience can be anything, anybody. They could be in the gas station. They got audience because they got people that's buying these books. They they interest. It's the way you interact with the people. It's the way you you share yourself and your work, the, that that passion that you have behind your pen, people have to be able to experience that. And I think your audience is whoever you can capture. Mm-hmm. Because I think okay, that... Okay, but I have, had, I have had authors come up to me. You know, I, re, I try to read everything. I don't... Everything is not for everybody, first and foremost. And some things I just don't read. So they can have a fantastic pitch. But if it's not something that I'm personally not interested in, then I wouldn't have them I, – I, I'm just not going to buy it. You know, I'm not just going to buy something just to buy it, you know, if it's not something that I know I'm not going to read or I know I'm not going to use or I know I'm not going to wear, I wouldn't spend my heart on money to buy it. That's just me personally. It, it, it's, just, it's just not my cup of tea. That's why I say know your audience, man. If it's something that I know – that I, I'm going to use or read or eat or, or, or wear, then whatever the cost it is, if it's worth my dime, then I'm going to spend it. You, you see what I'm saying? Right. I do. But at the same time, literature is like walking into a 31 Flavors. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You don't know what you like until mm-hmm. you get a taste of it. That's why it's very important to grab your readers in that first page. You have to you have to grab mm-hmm. them. You gotta you gotta share your pen with them instantly. Can't wait to the middle of the book because what if they've never read that genre before? I got a prime example. Mm-hmm. Nene Capri Pussy Trap. I have a cousin who doesn't read street lit. She doesn't like street lit. She doesn't at all. Like at all. And so mm-hmm. I have been telling her to read it. She was like, Girl, I don't read that. I don't read that mess. I don't read that mess. I was like, read it, read it, read it. So I was like, just read a little bit of it. If you don't like it, that's okay. I I, I gave her the book. Like, I gifted it to her. I was like, just just try it. She she read it. She was like, and then before you know it, she I finished that whole book. Girl, that book was good. Is there another one? But she didn't like, she doesn't like street lit. You know what I'm saying? But it's the author's pen. It's the author's pen, mm-hmm. really, that I think grabs people. So your passion is part of that eye candy, your cover part of that eye candy, but your content has to seal the deal. So like Miss Tony said, if she meets you and you pitch your book really well, but your content don't seal the deal, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Because your con- your mm-hmm. your pitch has to follow be followed up with 
with showing them what you can do. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. It does. And if it's something that you're interested in, then you're going to go for it. And there lies a new reader, a new wearer, a new something to eat. You know, that's that's where that pitch comes in, and you have to be receptive to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it was um, Arthur Miss T at the kickback. Remember we were talking to her, and she said, I don't care who it is. I don't let them walk past my table without talking. Mm-hmm. And, and sharing my book with them. They don't have to buy it, mm-hmm. but I don't let them pass my table. And you have so many authors that do that. You go to a book event, and they sit down. And you like, and they just not paid. They eating or doing whatever it is that they doing. And they're like, yep, that one over there, that one over there. But then as a reader, you're like, oh, no, I'm not interested. Because you didn't make me want to be interested. I'm sorry you didn't make me want to be interested in what you had going on. It was your presentation. <laughs> Mhm. That's true. And and speaking of author Miss T, she was on the show last night. So make sure you check out that archive and make sure you listen to it to the end of her interview because she went out with a bang. I'm still resonating from uh, her banana, but uh, that's a whole other story. If you want to know what I'm talking about, hit the archive. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a mess, a mess, a mess. <laughs> I'm telling y'all, we we have we. We be having so much fun. This is what we do. This is what we enjoy doing. I can't wait till our first guest comes in here. He's going to press his ones, and then we're going to have author mm-hmm. uh, Godfrey Nicholson in here. We're going to kick it around with him. But we, we love mm-hmm. what we do. I mean, we enjoy it. Mm-hmm. We do. And, uh, and, and I just want to backtrack again on author Miss T. And you speaking of when you're at these events to get out and meet the people, not just sit around behind your table now she was in front of her table pretty much the whole time and she's very engaging and passionate about what it is that she does and you can walk down just a little bit further and you may see authors sitting behind the behind their table if you go if you are having an event and um last night's guest they're having something coming up in south carolina in march i want to say Get out there and meet them. And for those behind the table, come around, meet them, kiss the baby, shake hands. Because like we just said, they may not necessarily buy your book, but they will remember you. And they may not purchase it right then, but once they go back to wherever it is that they're going or, or what, they can always go right to Amazon or go to the nearest bookstore and just look you up. Because your your presentation of yourself stays with a reader or stays with the buyer and it doesn't just end when they walk away from your table. I definitely agree with that. And I, I'm going to just leave that there because we have, we have a lot of seasoned authors. I love the fact that we have seasoned authors that readers don't see often, but as in the industry, I think that you always have to have something to mirror. Like, like with kids, if you got a kid, a little kid, and you want them to learn how to walk, you put them around kids that's already walking. Before you turn around, your child going to be walking. And I think that's the same thing in anything that you do. If you want to be great, you stay around great people. You want to be an author, you want to be a great author, then you watch and mirror other authors. How do they move? How do they do things? I, I do it all the time. 
Um, just learning how to go to events. I was like, I just couldn't understand how they go to these events. And I would be staying three, four days in cities. And I'd be like, okay, but how do they, they in and out? They get there when they got to do what they got to do. And the crack of dawn the next day, they out. They're gone. You know what I'm saying? They're gone to the next thing. They don't stay. They're not mm-hmm. visiting unless they have another event. Mm-hmm. Right. Not wasting time. Time is precious. But I had to learn that. You know what I'm saying? I had, But I learned it because I watched. I watch how other people do things. How do they move around? Mm-hmm. How do they, and mm-hmm. when they're at events, what do they do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm also one for sitting back and observing and learning because you, you learn a lot when you do that. And, um, you got to learn from somewhere, and I might as well learn from the people that are, has been in that industry or is doing what I'm trying to do or what I aspire to do, and just watch how they move. Like when um, I came into the to radio, you know, I, I learned from Misha and I were on a previous radio show, Real World Radio. I learned from Nene Capri and Aaron Bebo. I learned what to do, and I learned basically and most importantly what not to do. So you learn from those that have been in the industry, whatever it is that you're passionate about, and just watch how they move. Say, mirror what they do and and make it yours. Make it work for you. You can tweak it to make it work for what you're trying to do or what you're not trying to do, but find someone that's successful in the field that you're interested in and just kind of, like they say, uh, take your kid to work. Uh, You're going to do what I do or just, just make that effort. Make that concerted effort and just try to be the best that you can be. I definitely agree with that. We're going to take a brief break, and then we will be back with our first guest. And speaking of Aaron Bebo, we're going to play his single because, you know, we always want the keys. Yeah, I 
how you do with love What's your name, number, and sign? You so divine, let me look at you from behind Yeah, your body banging, coke bottle, some type of model Digging how when you move through the crowd, the eyes follow Got my attention you got my head spinning, the kind of feeling that got you tripping so revealing. Mind state of a hustler, your style so appealing. I'm looking for a trip to Bolivia if you willing. The boy taking Szechuan State and take a break from the day to day. We can get away on a holiday. Vibing, coasting, bragging, boasting. Chopping it up back to back, blunts in motion. Hugging the ocean, shopping, copping, designer. Baby, tell me how that sound. I want the finer things in life. A1 weed, papers and pipes. And we can get it right. I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one snore, she gone Like glass jars, use the whole whiff when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone I want the keys to Bolivia, she turning me on One line at a time, one snore, she gone Like glass jars, use the whole whiff when it's strong Roll up one whiff and I'm gone We are back. We are back. Welcome to Let's Chat. I am Miss Leisha. I'm here with my right hand as well as my left, the fabulous Miss Tony. Today we're talking that talk about lukewarm passion. We have three fabulous guests that will be in today. I'm sorry, y'all. My son, he's trying to distract me. He knows when I be on the show, don't bother me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bother me while I'm on the show. Don't call me. Don't ask me no questions. None of that. I'm busy. <laughs> they don't listen. <laughs> no, they don't. No, they don't listen. We got our first guest in the chat room. Hey, how are you, Godfrey? I'm fine. I'm fine. How are y'all? Alicia, Miss Tony. And by the way, I'm on a street Oh, we are thankful for you sponsoring us. So welcome to Let's Chat. Thank you, thank you. Now, for all those that are not familiar with your pen, tell everybody a little bit about your work and the passion that stands behind your pen. Mm, I feel my passion is great behind this pen. It's the fact that it's based on around my life and, you know, what I grew up as, you know what I'm saying, what I grew up came up in, you know, the mm-hmm. pot you could off was born and came up in, you know. So, you know, the streets, the uh, come up in broken homes, you know, drugs, abuse, alcohol, mm-hmm. you know, you name it. So, you know, I'm coming from that urban pit. So I wanna come out and make, put it in writing, but in the story, make the story, you know. Try to reflect all things mm-hmm. that go on in the urban world in the hood. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now tell us about your two books. What was the what what was the the dream behind those books? Um, what do you want your readers to get from them? Tell us a little bit about your characters. What what we can expect? Okay, um, Alfred is the main character, which you know he portrays me in a way. You know, I said he probably about eighty percent my character, all the other characters is kind of made up, you know, but um, as far as he's in love 
with this group is woman. She's very pretty, intelligent, sweet, smart. Her name is Janice Cohen. And they have a real good intimate relationship. And if he falters when he has his street, you know, hood, he's in the gang, well, when the family organized kind of like mob gang, and it kind of tears a little tear in a relationship. So she goes back to another man, which creates a love triangle. And mm-hmm. with other round, others around it involved, it leads to hurting the cruelest scandals that ever go down, you know, causes that behind one woman, you know, the power of a woman. And that's my whole mm-hmm. basic novel about the whole draw. And a whole array of other things that go on the hood that ties in with it to make, you know, draw readers. Okay, okay. Now, you said your character, the one character, main character is 80% you. So that means you spill in tea. Y'all hear that? Yep, Godfrey is spilling tea, <laughs> y'all. So how many phone calls did you get like, yo, dude, page 85, man. That happened to us back in. How many calls did you get with people saying like, yo, you put me in your book and you didn't say nothing or do you just be like, I don't know what I'm about. You know that man no. is relatable. <laughs> yeah, and I've been getting that too, you know, you know, and when family comes a little drawback. But you know, it wasn't about mm-hmm. them, you know, it was about me. And then at the end of the day it wasn't mm-hmm. an autobiography, it was you know, it's fictional. Mhm. So it they mm-hmm. don't pertain to me different names, you know, so you know mm-hmm. it's my release. I say I went from my friend, mm-hmm. my, you know. And, and that's his and story, all... and he's sticking to it. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Now, now, Godfrey, this is Tony. You're breaking up a little bit, and we want to make sure our, our audience hear everything that you have to say because, you know, they do say <laughs> art imitates life, but I'm just saying we're going to stick to your story, like Lisa said, and, and that's that. But but what made you, um, have you always wanted to be an author? I mean, is this something that you aspire to be, or is this kind of fell in your lap? Well, actually, in, I was in high school. I was going to Inwood High, you know, in California, by the way. And um, I have read a book, you know, it makes us read an English class. And I, read, I read a book, I read one by Alex Haley, but I want to take a different approach, so. I wrote this alien invasion story, but it was a short story. And so I was like, hmm, I could be good at writing. I'm so far as to go to try to type it. But after that, and after I ran the streets, it was just like, I give all that up. Because I was, you know, mm-hmm. and it didn't take me until recently after, you know, I got incarcerated, you know. My mm-hmm. dumb shit, shit happens. But anyways, um, when I was in, I read a Terry Woods novel, through the and, you know, that rang. And I read series. I'm, I'm like, I'm off into it. So I'm like, man, I gotta write a book about my life, you know? Because I feel like I got a lot of write about. Mm-hmm. So I went ahead and I started off with scratch and paper. I would get in the commissary, you know? And then pens, extra pen and papers for other inmates, you know, they was helping me out because they knew where I was going. And I let somebody in there read my first draft, and it was like, you get out and you publish. And then on, I was like, wow, I can be an author. And that was 2012. That was just not too long. <laughs> so I decided to go ahead and pursue that. Absolutely. Yeah. I definitely understand that. Now, when you were 
when you started walking into your, your journey, walking into your vision, what was the most difficult part of that journey when you started? Um, you know what, like Alicia was saying earlier, I believe, um, about coming to this journey is slow, but I've got the hang of it now. I mean, I signed a contract. I signed a contract with Sincere Publishing last year, March, March 2016, and um, I believe, and um, at first I, I got much of pleasure on one sold, on one of like maybe four copies, but I got it published. And for a whole year up until beginning of this year, I didn't see doing nothing. It was like a dead slow drag, so I kind of gave up. But then I had to realize, like, wait a minute, you have to put in the work. You have to build a brand name. Shouts out to my boy, Kill B. Victor. He told me build a brand name up, and I didn't know what he meant by that until I do marketing, you know, I got to do the social media video. Oh, you know, get my name out there, get my novels out there. So it was a steady, slow climb, but now I've got it, you know, and this is what I really want to do. Mm-hmm. And more novels in the future coming out for me. Another genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, you know, a lot of, this is Tony once again, guys, and we got to try to remember to identify ourselves because he's been told oh, yeah. we sound alike. Now, <laughs> a oh, lot yeah, of our guests have come you know. on. <laughs> I know we're trying to throw you off. We just got to keep you on your toes. But a lot of our <laughs> guests have come on and said they read a Terry Wood uh, book, and and that kind of pushed them into, you know, writing their Inspired. own story. But uh, right. But um, is writing is this industry all that you thought it would be, or have you come across some bumps in the road that you just kind of wonder, is this what I really want to do? No. I love this industry. It's my now until I die six feet under oh. a crematory fire. It's my life. All right, now. <laughs> so do you like poetry? I, I sense that you do. We, we, need the, we need some. We need a sample. We need a little sample tea. I think he need a scene. We need a little sample. Uh-oh. We need a little sample. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna have to pull. We're gonna have to pull this out of you, Gabby. You you make enough work for this interview tonight. <laughs> but we're gonna give you a little sample, and I'm gonna, um, Lisa, actually, actually, I want to go into his moments of pleasure because um, first cover is nice. I really like that, and um, I'm gonna ask you to insert a prop between Alfred and I think her name is was it Janice. The other lady, mm-hmm. lead lady. Okay, I want you to insert a prop, and I want you to give us a, a quick mini scene, and I want you to make it downright bloody. Okay, and the prop that you're gonna insert and work around is a banana. What? <laughs> <laughs> I want you to give us a scene between Alfred and Janice, a bloody scene, uh, and I want you to use the prop yeah. of a banana. It's a fun fun to do. Can you give it uh-huh. to us? Come on, use okay. the creative juices. Oh, yeah, I got you. I got you. Right now. Okay. Okay. The next morning, Alfred had woken to find that Janice was not next to him. 
his hangover and memories of all what happened last night had hit him at once. He groaned and rode around and hoping he was going to wake up again and she'd be right there. The reality hit him when he saw the gorgeous raven. Scare me, woman. I'm not. <laughs> Is that cool? <laughs> that is cool. You just that's what we want. We want creative juices used up into the chat room. No we you gotta, you know, insert things mm-hmm. off the cuff. <laughs> so we love that. Right. Absolutely. You know, I'm a, I'm on the script. I'm on a movie script. I will be televised. Trust me. <laughs> Okay, I I got a question for you. If we were sitting here in the year 2020 having an interview, talking about your accomplishments, what are some of the things we'll be talking about? Horror, comedy, the second Mm -hmm. generation, new legacy, new generation of laughter and sorrows, but all, you know, the big vision, all from the pen, I'm a brain with intelligence, and that's not speaking right. with any other authors, yes. <laughs> okay, so you're trying to reach back and help the next brother out? <laughs> Most definitely, they're coming with me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now I have a question for you. You you signed with a publisher. Now, when you were I'm gonna go back to when you were behind the wall. Did you ever right. think when you were there that you would come so far and not go back? Not ever. There's a lot of times I was like, you know what, this is it. Thanks for you. Mm-hmm. Go back to the, go back to, to to the dirt. You know, take your brain back to the dirt. You, you know, you stay under beneath nothing on this earth. Mhm. Mhm. That deep. And it was like it was a drive of me all of a sudden. Like get off my feet. Powered by the Lord, the Spirit. You know, get off your feet. Go forth. Do your business. Do your job. You put it here for a reason. You have a purpose. And that's touching in this world with your literature. Get it seen. Get it noticed. Get it heard. And that's in all walks. All races, creeds, everything. I'm giving time for real. So you have a vision. Mm-hmm. Now, 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 Godfrey, our topic tonight is lukewarm passion. How, how, how do you? I'm not sure how much of the show you heard at the top of the show. We were talking about that lukewarm passion. How do you feel mm-hmm. about lukewarm passion? Did you hear us talk, talking about that? Nah, my okay. Long story short, and that is, you know, lukewarm. Speaking of lukewarm, period. It's no good. And that's what anything I feel. I'm just looking mm-hmm. at that. 
That's my right. opinion. Enough said. <laughs> well, guys, we thank you so much for coming and kicking it with us here in the chat room. And first and foremost, for being a sponsor of Let's Chat, we so appreciate you for that. But before you get up on out of here, out of the chat room, make sure you shout out your social media handles and any special projects that you may have that listening audience supports you with. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I'm author Godfrey Nicholson, author of Moments of Pleasure and Violence 1 and 2, uh, mm-hmm. Fat Jacket, Moments of Pleasure and Violence 1 and 3, Future. Um, I'm work, also working on school tips. I'm trying to be on you know, shows or go behind the scenes and write, you know, and possibly direct. Mm-hmm. Uh, setting new light, try to get off in the industry, industry like smooth, but you know, but you can find me on Facebook, IG, at author Godfrey, Dot mm-hmm. Nicholson, Godfrey Nicholson, author Godfrey Nicholson on Facebook, and I got a blog page author slash Godfrey Nicholson. That's on Facebook. You can find me. You can inbox me. all kind of ways you can get in touch with me. Um, Mm -hmm. Also, future projects is going forth, you know, and going to be the best, best I can be while I'm here, you know, and taking new heights and furthering myself in this industry. And Mm -hmm. I plan to do more episodes and look forward to go order the book. Up novels it's coming soon. Don't worry, order Moments of Pleasure Violence. You can find it on Amazon, available on Kindle as well. Thank you to all my support and my fans in LA and across the map. I'm from Texas. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. Well, we do appreciate you, you coming and kicking with us here in the <laughs> chat room. We appreciate you supporting us. As we support yeah. you, you know you are always welcome on the show. Whenever you, when your next book comes out, just let us know, and we'll make sure we get you on. And you go enjoy a banana, okay? <laughs> I, I come with a banana. Don't even trip. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Thanks again, Godfrey, for joining us. And like we should say, you're welcome back here anytime. You just let us know and we'll make that happen. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. (laughs) Have a great evening. Good night. Good night. Good night. 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 That was funny. Absolutely. I think we kind of took them by surprise. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It really did. It really did. We're going to take a brief break, and we will be right back with the fabulous Miss Shan. Okay. Uh, I definitely got to clear up this music. Hold on. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you wanna get in? Do you wanna do you wanna get in? Come on, let's jam. Do you wanna get in? Do you wanna do you wanna get in? Come on, let's jam. Do you wanna get in? Do you wanna do you wanna get in? Come on, let's jam. Do you wanna get in? Do you wanna do you wanna get in? Come on, let's jam. Yeah, bad yellow bone, straight out of Boston, can't tell her wrong. 
Cause she ain't with the talk And she rather snake means on cold Steve Austin And she'll rather die for a nigga take caution I'll put a price on your head like an auction And she'll come and put a hole in it like a dolphin Leave a nigga fresh to death in the coffin I'll pull up game strong, I'm a 10 tie Lawson Shout if I was stuck, she my ride or die girl When I'm M.I.A., she my slip and slide girl And she the plug daughter, so she the supply girl Little mama a hot girl, I need her in my world for real Doing. 
We are good. Welcome to Let's Chat. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. Now, for all of those that are not familiar with their fabulous pen, which I'm quite sure they are, tell everybody a little bit about your work um, and the passion that that's behind your pen. Um, I'm the author of, oh, my God, uh, I think I have, like, I'll say 21 books. Um, the most oh. popular ones would be Roslyn, um, Addicted to a Dirty Thug, and then my most recent one, which is um, A Dope Girl Needs Love, too. And um, I started writing when I was, like, 11, just doing it for fun, therapy, and things like that. So it kind of like just, it used to just be something that I would share between my friends and family. Just, you know, I wasn't really looking to get published. Um, And I actually didn't pursue it until I was at least like 25 years old. So I waited a long time before I actually got really, really serious about it. And it it like immediately Mm -hmm. took off. So once I did become published. Wow. 21 books, girl. That's that's quite a quite an impressive library you have. This is Tony. I'm sorry. We try to introduce ourselves or identify ourselves because we sound so much alike. But how long have you actually been writing? I mean, published writing? Uh, I started, my first book was published in November 2011, which was Roslyn. So um, six years? Yeah, it'll be six years this month. Six years in this month of 21 books. Okay, so what, describe to our listening audience the flavor of your pen. What can they expect when they pick up a book by you? Um, I don't really hold anything back with, you know, my writing. I don't try to, like, uh, be politically correct when I say anything. Um, I try to mm-hmm. keep everything, like, as uh, genuine, as real as possible, although it is fiction. I do just I, – I want to portray my characters the way that I see them. So, I mean, if you pick up a book by me, it's going to be raw. Um it's a lot of cussing in it because, um, I mean, that's what I'm, you know, that's what I'm used to. Like, when I when I talk to people in my everyday life, like, that's what I'm used to. So, you know, I try to, like, portray, like, real, you know, real life. So, mm-hmm. I mean, basically, mm-hmm. so when you, when you pick it up, that's what you're going to get. You'll get some suspense. You'll get drama. You'll get love and all that stuff combined. So it's like a movie. It's like reading mm-hmm. a movie. My books are like reading a movie. So if you're reading my book, you'll never mm-hmm. be bored. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Now, this is Leisha. You know, we have to announce ourselves because we sound so much alike. Now, (laughs) you said your books are like a movie. Have you ever thought about bringing your books to the big screen? And if you have, what book would you bring? Um, yes, I'm actually, um, Addicted to the Dirty, a Dirty South Thug is like one of the main ones that I was going to do a movie on. Well, I'm still going to do a movie on, but I kind of put a hole on it. Because uh, the way that I had originally wanted to do it was, you know, like everybody's doing like the YouTube movies or just low, mm-hmm. like the low budget type films, independent films. But I really, really would like to push for it because I believe that this is a type of uh, book that could be on the big screen for real. So I'm really pushing for it to go like as big as possible. So what I'm going to do is actually start off small with some of my older books that I have and probably do like short films and things like that, just so people can kind of see my work. And then that way I can work on getting investors and everybody like that to like help me like see my vision through. So I'm definitely mm-hmm. going to be going to the, um to the big screen with a lot of my movies and then as well, like I'm really, um, 
that's just my next goal is to just get into writing for TV, writing movies and things like that, and probably writing books a little bit less than what I am now. Wow. Now, you said writing for TV. We love doing, yeah. we love catching uh, that natural talent of our guests that come on. So if we were a big studio and you had to pitch a movie to us, I want you to pitch um, a movie that you, you're writing and you want us to back it up and put it on the big screen. Well, I'm actually, uh, and I hate to really be talking about it. You know, I'm already doing it. You know what? <laughs> but it's cool I'm because I'm ready. I ain't got to pretend. Let me tell y'all what happened. <laughs> right. Nah, it's cool. But now nah, I actually, um, I haven't came up with the name of it or anything like that yet. But if y'all seen the movie Kidnapped, um, where, um, what is it? Was it Holly Berry? Yeah. So yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. I looked at that movie and I was like, it's good. But we always, 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 always see um, women, you know, I'm portraying those roles. So uh, I, I want to be able to show a black man actually going through the same thing. So Ooh. that's what I'm working on. It's a I, black father, you know, single father, his child gets kidnapped. And I ain't going to put too much of it out there. But basically, that's just what it is. Mm-hmm. And that's like one of the things that I'm going to be working on as well. Oh, I like that twist, though. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's yeah, going to be hot. <laughs> yes, yeah. I'm like that. Now, when you come to cast it, do you have, like, a vision of people that you want to play each individual role? Um. Oh, my God. What's the guy's name? Um. On What is it? Queen Sugar, the dark-skinned guy? Oh, my God. The cute Yes, I'm like everybody is so in love with him, and then I'm in love with um, I'm just a big Idris um, Elba fan. Like, oh my, he is so sexy, he's so fine. So, if I could just mm-hmm. get him to play in one of my movies, that would like just oh my god, that would be everything. So, but um, him, and then as far as um, any actors and actresses, I'm kind of like how Tyler Perry was doing and, you know, introducing us to a lot of new faces and things, Mm -hmm. giving people chances that, and that's kind of like what I want to be able to do is just give people chances that probably like if they was just to go into Hollywood right now, they'll never be able to get a role because one, they're not known and then two, because they're black. So that's, that's really what I want to do. So I don't really have names or anything like that. And hopefully, you know, when I get ready to start though, I'll be able to help a lot of people be able to pursue their dreams. Absolutely. Now you do assist people with pursuing their dreams. You know, you you have been put in a position to be able to bless others uh, to put their pen um, into the industry. Tell us a little bit about your publishing company. Yes, I have Chance Events, and right now it houses probably about, I want to say, 70, 75 authors right now, um, all women. And I started uh, doing Chance Events in 2014. Um, I started with probably about three artists. I never knew that uh, it was going to take off the way that it did, but I just knew that a lot of people had come to me asking me, you know, like, oh, how do I get my book out there? You 
you know, I want to be able to have people read my book like yours. And so this is really how it started. And then I just found myself like really like helping people um, with their storylines, titles, book covers, just all type of things. So it, it has become like a really, really big success. And I just love, I love what I do. I love being able to see people um, quit their jobs and be able to just pursue their dreams full time. So, and that's what we've been doing over mm-hmm. here. Mm. You keeping them busy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, in this industry, this is this is Tony once again. In this industry, do you feel that? Um, speaking of men and women, do you feel that women get just as much of a chance as men in this industry to to be successful? I feel, as far as um, writing, yes, I feel like. Um, you know, writing books have become more um, of a female-dominated industry. Um, mm-hmm. I was talking to I was talking to you know my authors the other day. I'm always trying to like get them tips and things like that, and I, you know, I explain to them why I feel like male authors are no, not I'm gonna say no longer relevant, but not as hot as they used to be. And um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I do think that. We as women, we get a lot of shine when it comes to writing books. Now, as publishers and women becoming publishers, I think that would probably be the hardest thing for um, for women to be able to to do. But I mean, a lot of mm-hmm. us have been doing our thing though, and, and have been successful. And I mean, I believe that that's really, really great. So either way, mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 magnificent. So. Mm-hmm. Just another barrier that we have to to try to break down. Now, Lisa and I, we always talk about on this show about love scenes and um, sex scenes, mm-hmm. whether women write the hotter ones or the men. Now, have, what? who do you read that you can say, a man that you can say has written a really hot sex scene? Oh, God. Um, or do you mm-hmm. know you that can't read it better? <laughs> <laughs> because I don't really read a lot of men's books. Like the last time I read a man's book, oh my God, it's been oh I can't even remember. Oh God, I mean, because all my my favorite authors are like women, so I can't even remember the last book really? that I read by a male. <laughs> I honestly can't uh-huh. even answer that. Like I can't. Wow. <laughs> Okay, I, that's sad. Cause I guess I the women won that one. Like that. <laughs> uh, definitely. I mean, like I, I mean, when women, we as women, you know, like the readers out here, they're more women than anything. Like there are male readers, but there are more women. So, and I think that's probably like one of the biggest things because we as women know how we like to feel and how you know, what makes us feel good when we're having sex. So I think that we can better explain it than a man can because mm-hmm. they they mm-hmm. think, a lot of men think they know what they're doing, but some of them don't. You know what I'm saying? So you, I you ain't, that. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Preach. You right, you right. Preach. <laughs> yeah, so like if they don't really know how to please a woman, you know, like they can just be talking and we just looking at it like, uh-uh, you forgot to, you know, you forgot to do this part right here. So what about you left this house, so... <laughs> so I think that I think that women is better. Yeah, I think we as women are better. I, I think that as far as just storytelling, period, as well, because a lot of men don't know how to to reach a woman. They they think that they know. They think that they know mm-hmm. what it takes to you know uh, for us to fall in love with them and how to please a woman in a relationship wise, but. 
I, I really mm-hmm. don't think they, they know how to talk about it well enough. So that's why a lot of us are mm-hmm. able to, like, take over. Because we know what we want in a man. Like, we're able to describe these characters and, you know, um, mm-hmm. the things that we want our men to be doing. Like, we talk about it with these characters. So I think that's why a lot of uh, females are just winning in the industry, period, with the readers. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Creating these book bays and stuff, you know. <laughs> Absolutely, because mm-hmm, you have exactly. to. That's the thing. You have mm-hmm. to get the reader. You have to grab them in, and you have to hold them. You have to have that eye candy. And when, you, especially when you're a new author, you are the eye candy. Your pen right. is the eye candy. So how you pitch your book, how you sell yourself, all of that is what grabs that reader and pulls them in. And then your content, your content got to be on point. It has to be what backs you up. And right. a lot of times that's what happens. It's like it's oh everybody wants to write and it's great. But everybody is mm-hmm. not marketable. And everybody right. may not have that pen, you know, and it's okay because you have to learn. Now as a publisher, what do you look for when you are looking over your submissions? Uh, I look for potential because, I mean, I ain't going to lie. Like, when I first wrote my, my first book, it was horrible, you know. Um, it needed a lot of work. Like, I go back and I look at it now, and I be like, oh, my God, I can't believe people actually like this book because that's how much mm-hmm. I have grown since then. So when I see an author sending a book just because it's not grammatically correct or, you know, they may have inconsistencies in the story, I don't automatically say, oh, well, I can't publish you because you need work. If I see that the potential is there and there's a story there, as long as we work on it, then that's it. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have to be perfect at it. Um, you don't have to be the best storyteller because a lot of us, you know, as long as you're willing to learn, that's all. That's what I always tell them. As long as you're willing to learn and grow from your first book, then, you know, we'll be okay. We can We can work together at that point. That's mm-hmm. true. You have to have a teachable spirit. Because when you don't right. have a teachable spirit, it makes it hard. Yeah, yeah exactly. I have met some people, you know, um, they'll come in and uh, they want to argue with you about certain things, um, like, especially, like, titles is, like, one of the biggest things I try to teach my authors. Like, your title is going to be the first thing that catches the reader's eye. Um, also, mm-hmm. the uh, the cover and if if I feel like if I'm going to bump heads with you when it comes to the title and the cover, then most times I wouldn't want to work with you because right then you're already showing me that, you know, you're not willing to do what it takes to be able to, to build up a fan base. To, so Take it to the next level. That's yeah, right. just to be able to take it to that next level. So at that point, mm-hmm. I, that's when I'm always like, so why do you need a publisher? You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're coming to me, I feel like you're coming to me because you want my advice, you want my expertise, you want me to be able to help you, you know, put you in the hands of the artist. But if I'm telling you, you know, these are the things that we should do. And, of course, I'm going to listen to your opinion. You know, we can we can work together. But if I feel like it's just too much, you know, objection, then I'm like, okay, this is not going to work. So I feel like maybe mm-hmm. you should probably just self-publish, you know, because when you self-publish, you can do whatever you want to do. You don't have to worry about nobody telling you this is how you should do it or whatever the case may be. So that that probably mm-hmm. be the only time I would just turn somebody away if I feel like they're just not somebody who I can work with. Absolutely. Other than that, I try to help everybody. So I can't name mm-hmm. too many people I've turned away. Now, mm-hmm. we. How do you deal with authors when you have those authors? Sometimes I call it lazy pen. Mm-hmm. Everybody has it. Um, 
what do you do when you have authors that have that lazy pen? They got one book in, and it's like you waiting for the next one, and they taking forever, and it's like, no, I don't think I want to do this anymore. What What do you do to get them out of that mode and get them motivated to write? Um, I think, I mean, you know, I think a lot of us, a lot of times, uh, even myself, like I have a book now, my part two people been waiting on for months and months and months. And I just be like, oh my God. And like, we was just talking about, um, the other day, like I was just giving them advice, you know, like we just need to, to get up and start that word count goes, just pushing through. I didn't told them about writing journals and stuff like that. Anything, you know, y'all can to, like, get yourself out of writer's block because I think a lot of us are easily pushed into what we think is writer's block, and it's not necessarily that. Sometimes it's just whatever that you're working on, that creativity that, mm-hmm. that you need to be able to to finish this book is just not there. So a lot of times I just say write what you're feeling. Like, even if it's a, you've got a series that you're working on, working on and people are waiting on a part two, if you're not feeling it right now and you feel like you're forcing it, then move on to something else that, you know, that's coming to you because, I, you know, I, that's, I think, and that's what an issue is too because we get stuck on trying to, to finish something that's just not speaking to us right now. Mm-hmm. That perfection yeah, like mm-hmm. you're just forcing it because everybody is asking. Like, cause that's the thing about it now with these ebooks and things like that. Everybody wants stuff so, 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 so fast. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's nothing wrong with it. You know, if you're able to pump out a book every other week, then, you know, more power to you. One day, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? One day, maybe I'll be able to get there. One day, you know, I'm sure a lot of my authors, too, they, they, they wish they could be able to get there as well. But if you're not, then I don't see anything wrong with that. You know, you don't want to or something that's not there. So, like, just work on whatever it is that you're feeling. Right. And your readers can tell when a story is forced as well. Yeah. It comes yeah, out they, in your they'll pen. They'll call you out, too. <laughs> Absolutely. We call those ultimate readers. You said you call them what? We call those ultimate readers. You know, like the movie Misery? That was an ultimate yeah. reader. Them ultimate readers is the one that done read when you got the next book coming out, they done read the beginning of the series already so that they can freshen up. So if you didn't read the beginning of that series before you put that pen to that next book and chapter 85 or chapter 10 is not right, they in your inbox. How that's going to happen to Sarah when in book three, da 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 Like, they'll run it down to you. Like, that's not even going to work. How right, you yeah, make that work? These, some of these readers, they, I mean, they be on it. They will call you out for it in your reviews or, yeah, like you said, they'll inbox mm-hmm. you or whatever. So that's why I always tell people, like, if you're not, you know, if you're not feeling it, don't force it because they'll be able to tell you. And then one thing you don't want, too, is to force something out and then you mess it up with your readers. And now they they feel like they can't depend on you to put out good books and stuff. So, like it, I, I don't know if I can call that now lazy. Are you say lazy pen? I don't know if I can call that lazy pen. I feel like if you just choosing not to write because you just don't want to, <laughs> that's different. You know, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. that's what I mm-hmm. probably would call a lazy pen. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. <laughs> well, how about our topic tonight? You know, our topic tonight is lukewarm passion. How do you feel about that? Lukewarm passion, uh, can you give me an example of what you're talking about so I can see if I'm clearly understanding? 
Like, you mm-hmm. know how you meet people, you come across people, even people in your path. You know, people that's kind of lukewarm, you don't really tend to 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 lean to them. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and yeah. they are right, but they, you can feel that they lukewarm. They, they sometimes, you just can't really, you're like, no, nah, I can't, I can't. You know, it's not part of my yeah. ministry right now. But a lot of times, we are lukewarm about our own craft. We are lukewarm about our own vision. We are lukewarm about our own purpose. But we can't, and then get mad when somebody else is lukewarm. But if you're lukewarm about your passion and your vision, that's going to spill out. People are going to feel that. So I made the topic lukewarm passion because a lot of times we're lukewarm about ourselves. We use words like maybe, possibly, I think, um, I might want to, instead of using those words that are powerful, those words that encourage us to say, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I want it to be because you have to speak things out. You got to speak it to create it. And so if you have something that you want to do, even if you're not quite sure, you can't be lukewarm about it. So how do you, what's your take on lukewarm passion when it comes to the craft? Um, I I, mean, I feel like nowadays that um, with social media, I think is one of the biggest things is because it affects, a, a, I think it affects the way a lot of us um, communicate. I think it, it a lot of us from being able to get a lot of stuff done is because social media is like one of them things. Everybody want to know what's going on in somebody else's life. And um, we spend too much time, hours of the day, just everything, just social media, period. So I think one of the things mm-hmm. that a lot of us need to do is just limit our time on, you know, get off of Facebook, get off of Instagram and all the, whatever platform that you're using and, uh, set goals for yourself. Um, I, I mean, I can say that I, me personally, over like the the past year, I've been trying to get myself out of. I think it's fear. I guess you could say fear of failing. Mm-hmm. So and mm-hmm. instead of like going towards a lot of the things that I, you know, I want to do, I keep saying, oh, I want to do this, or you know, I can see myself doing this that, and the other. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times I don't go towards it because I fear. You know, I fear what if people don't like it? You know, what mm-hmm. if uh, what if somebody tells me no? You know, um, just all of that. So, you know, I, I guess that would be lukewarm because that's another thing. I'm telling myself you can't, yeah. you know, and then I got, you know, and then once one time I'm telling myself, oh, but you really can, you know. So it's just like we, it's like you counseling everything out because one minute you're feeling positive about it and then the next minute, you know, you it's negativity. So, like, one of the things that I'm learning right now is that, just to get in touch with myself, you know, um, mm-hmm. realizing that I can do anything that I put my mind to. Um, and just like you said, speaking things into existence, like that, that's all I've been doing lately is like, oh, yes, I'm I'm about to be a, a writer for TV. You know, I'm about to be writing movies. Like, I'm going right. to do it. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So, like, all that, I ain't worrying about what nobody else got to say. Like, I don't care who said that I can't do it. I don't care about none and, and then too you got to stop telling people that's another thing stop telling yep. people um your plans mm-hmm. and what you're going to do because mm-hmm. i also find a lot that especially your friends and family like and although a lot of times they do mean well sometimes they don't realize that um 
what they say can truly affect um, you and how you move. Like I done told people, you know, about my dreams and goals and it'd be that one little thing that they say that kind of deters me and just make me feel like, well, damn, you know, I, oh, excuse me. You It's internet radio. You okay? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I just be like, you know, well, dang, you know, they done said this, so, you know, maybe I'm doing too much, or, you know, maybe I don't need to do this in another episode. I just feel like we just got to do whatever we, we feel in our heart is something that we want to do, you know, and just stop telling people about mm-hmm. it and just do it. You know, move in silence mm-hmm. is one of the things that I'm learning. And mm-hmm. that's, so, that's true. so true. Because mm-hmm. you don't have to <laughs> advertise. Like so many people uh say, Well, you know, I didn't know you did it. I don't you don't have to advertise because the thing is once you do it then they'll they're gonna know that this is what you do. You know what I'm right. saying? And I right. think that's true. You advertising way too much. Way too much of your life, way too much of um your vision now. It's okay to 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 speak it out. Like we always ask the question, um, if we were sitting here in 2019 talking about the things that you have accomplished, you know, sometimes that's a helpful question because sometimes right. people didn't really think about, like, dang, I didn't really think that far, but really. As an author, you should already be through 2018 with your goals and your planning. You should be already in 2019. But a lot of people are not, they're thinking like right now, and they're not thinking ahead. You know what I'm saying? Right. So when you ask that right. question, it kind of pulls them out. Like, you absolutely right. I'm going to need to just be on it because that question got to got me. So next time you ask me, I need to know ahead of time, like, what I see myself doing, where I see myself going. Right. Yeah, you know, they used to always say you need to have a five and ten year plan. And I'm like the type of person now that I don't even believe in five, ten year plans. I believe in right now because I feel like if, if I give myself five years, there's just more time for me to procrastinate. Oh, I'll do it next year. I'll do it next year. You know what I'm saying? So now I just mm-hmm. be like, whatever it is I want to do, I want to be able to accomplish it over the next six months, you know, not a year from now, not two years from now. So. Like, I, I definitely believe, like, 2018 should definitely be planned out. Like, a lot of the stuff that you plan to do, you you know, it, it needs to happen right away, you know, and stop waiting for it to happen. Stop saying what you're going to do and just do it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, here on Let's Chat, we love to do things fun. We, we love to end our show on a fun note. Um, I believe that when you have to be able to show readers all sides of yourself, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Authors, you write, but a lot of times readers just want to have that intimate moment with you. So T always has these questions. So I'm going to say clutch your pearls right now because ain't no telling what she's going to ask you. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> all right. It's going to be good, gang. So I am going to go back to the top of your interview, and I'm going to dive into your book, A Dope Girl Needs Love Too. And I'm going to make you the lead character, and your co-character is Idris Elba. And I am going to need you to insert a prop into a scene between you and Idris, and that prop is going to be a banana. So give us a quick scene with you, (laughs) Idris, and a banana. (laughs) Okay, so, um, okay, I'm the main character. My main character in that book, her name is Lonnie, so um, Lonnie... Uh, wait, do I just talk about like what she's doing? Oh, wait, how do I do this? 
You just you run the scene down. Okay, so using a banana. Yeah, Lonnie is in Starbucks right now. She asked for um, a white mocha and a um, banana, and she gets it and stands off to the side. And next thing you know, a juice apple walks into the um, the coffee shop. He asks for his coffee, and the moment he looks at her, uh, she has that banana like damn near halfway down her throat. Oh, and just just looking at him, and they looking at each other, so. That's probably oh, that's from the banana. I'm going to need more banana. in real life. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I need to happen in real life. <laughs> I'm going to need some more potassium. <laughs> Plenty of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. We'd love to create instant creativity for my guests. So thank you so much for going along with that. <laughs> no, no problem. We do appreciate you. I sound corny. <laughs> <laughs> no, we appreciate you coming to King with all. us here in the chat room. You got 75 authors. You writing books, and we know that your time is valuable. We want you to shout out all of your social media and any events uh, that you want to be uh, attending, as well as where everybody can get your books and when they'll be released. Okay. Um my social media, IG and Twitter is M-Y-S-S underscore S-H-A-N. And then you can find me on Facebook under my full government name, Shantonette Richardson, or my right page, which is the author, Miss Shan. Um, all of my books and all of my author's books are available on Amazon.com. Um, the next event that I have coming up is February the 10th. It'll be uh, my actual book event. It's the African American Book Expo and it's gonna be in Baltimore on February the tenth. And my next book should be dropping on Thanksgiving Day, which is a dope girl needs love too. Oh, right around the corner. <laughs> yeah. Finally. It's finally coming. Uh-huh. So make Which, sure y'all go out so there much. and get y'all one click on. Yes, please. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us. We do appreciate it. Like Lisa said, we know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing it with us this Friday evening. And all the best to you. You are welcome back here anytime. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You are more than welcome. welcome. Thank you for coming to kick it with us here in the chat room. All right, thanks. Okay. That was funny. That was nice. I love it when we're mm-hmm. able to come on and and just kick it around with our favorite authors, our readers' favorite authors, mm-hmm. and be able to give the readers that intimate, just intimate time with the author. Mm-hmm. And they that helps the reader to get a little bit, step a little bit into that author's world, outside of their mind, but just more into their world of you know, their sense of humor, the things that they like, um, trials and tribulations. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot, most of the time, most readers are writers, and they just don't know it yet. You know what I'm saying? Or they, they're not quite sure because they're lukewarm about it right now. And sometimes when you hear what somebody else is going through or what they have to go through mm-hmm. to get where they are, it helps to encourage you. And so we have this next mm-hmm. fabulous guest on our show. She is just the sweetest. I'm going to tell y'all, just the we test the fabulous <laughs> Brenda Stokes Lee. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> hey, Brenda. 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 Hey,
I was listening in and I got a little nervous. Oh, don't be nervous. I just started talking about Edris Allen. We're in a banana. Oh, no. See? Glad she got that question. I don't know. Your, your turn is coming, girl. Your turn is coming. I don't know if y'all ready for me and Edris Allen in a banana. <laughs> I get pretty oh graphic goodness. with mine. <laughs> and oh, my friend If it's gonna be nasty, let it be nasty. If not, then they ask the Starbucks for some coffee because ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> We're gonna have to go in the alley with that banana. <laughs> so I show me yours and I show you mine. <laughs> Just straight nasty, right? 
But that was only like uh-huh. 100 pages. You could go through those really quick. And so the thing was, uh-huh. it was real funny because when I first got a hold of one of those, I didn't know what a prick was. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I had to kind of, you know, figure out a way to work prick into a conversation. <laughs> now, how would you go about doing and, that? <laughs> at the point where I was prepared to get my lips smacked and my tail whipped. I needed to know what Prince meant. <laughs> 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 I watched the dishes one day with my mother. So it was bothering me because I had read too many books with prick in it, right? So I just wanted to get out with the prick. <laughs> my mom said to me, this is her perfect opportunity to tell me if she catch me with one of my books, she'll beat me really. <laughs> so she said, <laughs> my mother cursed oh, like a seller. My mother cursed like a seller. God rest his soul in heaven. I love you, mama. But she cursed like a seller. She looked at me and rolled her eyes. What the hell are you asking me for? <laughs> <laughs> and I know she wanted to say you're ready now. You ain't going nasty books to know what hurts me. Oh, <laughs> oh, you need to stop. But it was at, I think it was at that moment she realized I really ain't know what I was reading. I was just reading, right? So then I was like, she is not going to tell me, right? I want to push it if you want. Go somewhere else. Excuse <laughs> me, you go somewhere else to find out what prick means. So my father's naive, you know. Uh-huh. He goes to work at four, rest his soul in heaven. I love you, Daddy. He would go to work at four and get home around ten, right? And half the time, by the time he got home, you know, had some few beers in him. So I was like, he's an easy target. <laughs> Poor daddy. Poor daddy. <laughs> oh, I'm a 12-year-old. So I'm like, it was a prick. So it's not to be a mother nasty boy. <laughs> was in there 
always been in their life, never, ever left, right? But our relationship mm-hmm. wasn't strong enough to, you know, keep us together, right? And we divorced mm-hmm. uh, when they were around 12 and 10, but he stayed constantly in their lives. So I always had his financial support, but you still got to do other things besides, you know, get that money. You still got to go out. They might give you, you know, four or $500 a month, but mm-hmm. you still got gas and electric. You got rent. You got car notes. You got food. You got all the different mm-hmm. um, things that they need. So I, I kind of put my writing on the back burner and kind of let it go. And then one day was at a, um, a 4th of July cookout and all the women sitting around in the circle talking about all the different men that, you know, in their lives and the things that happen. And we're all mm-hmm. laughing and joking about it. And somebody said, mm-hmm. somebody should write a book, right? So mm-hmm. it, it was like a light turned on. And so I was like, yeah, I should write a book. And they all like looked at me like, what is she talking about? Right. So that conversation that we had, turned into all my queen's men, which is, it was my first series. So basically Mm -hmm. what happened, I was on a plane with my girlfriend was flying to um, Atlanta. So I started to tell her about this book that I wanted to write based upon the conversations we had. So basically what I did was took the, the conversations that they were kicking out about the men that came in and out of their lives and, you know, the trifling stuff and this. And I took those men and upgraded them. Okay, what's the Now, see, the brother was spilling tea, y'all. She is spilling. Let me tell y'all something. Don't you know dirt around her. Don't call her. Miss Mabel, do not call her when you're doing your dirt because it's going to be in her book. She's going to spill it. But, you know, I give a disclaimer. I tell people straight up front, if you tell my story, um, if you tell me your story, I'm going to use it. Now, you might not recognize it unless you were in the story, so your man will never be able to pick up one of my books and recognize it because I'm going to dress it up and switch it around. I mean, there's too many good stories floating around. So I took all of these stories <laughs> to combine their men into four, like, just super – alpha, sexy, dripping chocolate men. And so I started mm-hmm. writing, and I didn't know if I was any good. So by the time I was confident enough to let somebody read it, and this was like 2009, by the time I was confident enough to let somebody read it, I had written over 400 pages, right? Mm-hmm. So my sister, she was like my mother, Daniel Steele, reader mm-hmm. from, Jackie you know, Collins. way back. <laughs> exactly, Jackie mm-hmm. Collins, exactly. So I said, well, she reads, so I'll give it to her. So I told her that, I, you know, I wrote a book, and she kind of just looked at me and rolled her eyes. I'm the oldest, right? And so I was like, mm-hmm. so I want you to read it. And so I had printed it out at Office Depot, and it was like basically a ring of paper. <laughs> I gave her in a bag. And so I was like, read this and let me know if I'm wasting my time. So she's like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't read black and shit. That was exactly what she said to me. And she does it. She does not 
am your sister. I just need you to read this and let me know if I'm wasting my time. You ain't got to read the whole thing. She's like, this is a whole ream of paper. And I want to read about you and my ex-husband, Danny. I was like, it's not about me and Danny. And if you read it, you might find yourself in there. But you don't have to read it to figure it out. So I came into her, right? She said nothing to me for three months. Because you told all her business. Said not one word to me. Luckily, luckily we didn't live near each other, right? Don't it would have been very awkward. She lived in D.C. and I lived in Baltimore. And we weren't to get on the phone and talk every day, sisters, you know. When you see each other at family gatherings or something was wrong, you call. Three months went by and she didn't say a word to me. And I didn't write a word from the time I gave her that stack of papers. And then I was thinking to myself, I was like, wow. I thought that was good. <laughs> she said nothing to me. I was like, oh, man, it must have been terrible. And she's embarrassed for me, right? And so then I became embarrassed to talk to her. And I refused to say, did you read it? I refused, right? Mm-hmm. So it was like late one night, about 11 in the morning, 11 at night. And I get a call from my sister. So I answered the phone. I was like, yeah, what's up? And she just starts screaming, you're a bad bitch. Oh, you're a bad bitch. I can't believe it. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm like looking at my phone, looking, looking towards her number, and I'm thinking, I was like, what, did I have a lottery or something? No, I read your book. I read your book. Oh, my God, I read your book. And I'm thinking to myself, B, that was three months ago. <laughs> She did not. She said she didn't touch the book because she didn't. She didn't want that awkward conversation because she told me straight uh-huh. up, "I don't read black books, okay." Uh-huh. And so I'm uh-huh. coming with her with my book, and this girl like is digesting Daniel Steele, Jackie Collins, all of them books, right? And here I come with a book mm-hmm. as thick as theirs. Never wrote mm-hmm. anything that she read. Other than a letter, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm giving it to her. So she said she started on page one. She said I did not stop reading till I read the end. And she was like, "And guess what? You got to go back to writing because I need to know what happened with this couple, and I need to know what happened to this couple." So. I still mm-hmm. hadn't published anything. <laughs> so now I'm writing all this stuff basically for her to read. So then every time I would give her another book, she goes, now nah, I need to know about this and this. Fast forward two years later, <laughs> I've written six books, hadn't made a dollar. <laughs> and it was okay. It was cool. I had not, I had not made a dollar because – I was just giving it to her, right? And I knew she liked it, but I was afraid that, you know, this is my sister. She likes it, but other people might not like it. And so then finally it was like Christmas Eve 2011, and she said, when are you going to publish these? By this time I had wrote six books for her. And so she was ready for (laughs) a new story. And I was like, I'm not writing you no more stories. I ain't got time for this stuff. She's like, how many books did you sell? And I was like, I sold my book. I didn't give it to nobody but you. 
like B. <laughs> she had been circulating all these books around to everybody she knows, telling them that this is my sister. She's she's gonna be a published author, and she's just waiting for them to contact her back. <laughs>
because my, my character's name, My Queen. Who the hell is this be My Queen? So then you got all this buzzing around, My Queen, My Queen. All these people started searching My Queen. They're right. My Queen is the skankiest bitch in, on the planet ever. Somebody actually wrote, My Queen is the skankiest bitch ever penned in a book. My Queen was a, was a college graduate, went to medical school, became a doctor, ruined not one, but two NFL players. Each one of them paid yes. her bills. But she was skankier than this $2 whore somebody wrote in this urban fiction book who was second game behind the dumpster for a hamburger. But Ooh. you know what? <laughs> you know what? When you have controversy uh-huh. in your book and people want to attack it, that makes other people want to read it. So that's what that's happened. Right. So then it became, all right, well, maybe she can write, but she can't write anything except for um, about these characters. So then I came out uh-huh. with Georgia on my mind. Big girl, low self-esteem, get dumped by her boyfriend right when she starts making money after she you know, took care of him for 10 years. And along comes uh, um, a baseball professional. Scoops her up, mm-hmm. knows her from back in the day. So then they all, like, turned on me. Everybody, like, turned their back on me. Nobody wanted to post a book. Nobody wanted to talk to me in groups. Nobody wanted to do anything. You know how when, like, um, you come out with a new book, people will turn their um, – profile to your cover. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and you know, Miss Brenda got a new book. Go out and get it. Woo-hoo-hoo. Congratulations. Happy um release day. Release Nothing. Day. Not mm-hmm. none. But one person, wow. um, Jeff Gassby, I love you, Jeff, dearly. Thank you. He wrote an article about me. Um his um, book club is called DJ Gabby Book Club. Put it out. Mm-hmm. Georgia on my mind went number one with no, none of my Facebook, you know, none of my social media support. Shot at number one mm-hmm. and stayed there. Topping mm-hmm. six charts. Wow. Simultaneously for three weeks. Wow. You know when they congratulated me? Three weeks later when it dropped yeah. to number ten. <laughs> they went, Oh, number ten. Mm. <laughs> they don't want you when you <laughs> See, that's the thing. People can I don't know if it's a black thing or it's a crab thing. But people can mm-hmm. celebrate you as long as you're deeper in the crab barrel than they are. Mm, Once right. you start crawling up, crawl over their back, and you at that rim, getting ready to jump out and run across that kitchen floor, they try to drag mm-hmm. you back in there. They can't celebrate that. Instead of them saying, I'm going with her, latch on to you, we all make a chain and get out. They want to just keep pulling you back mm-hmm. in the crab crab um bucket and that is why you know i found that funny because my mother she loved to cook crabs and stuff and i always would ask her but couldn't figure out why don't you put a lid on this these crabs could get out she's like them crabs ain't going nowhere baby 
One tried to get out, the other one's pulling back. And I learned that when I was 10. So I'm cool mm-hmm. with it. So now we're like 20. I'm, I'm actually working on my 20, 24th novel. Wow. And God willing, it will be out this month. Because I want to get it in. Uh-huh. Now, this one's going to also get me pulled back into the crab barrel. I don't care. I am a Christian. I mm-hmm. I love God. I'll share it. I am a Christian. But I'll Christian people. It. Huh? I'll share it. Thank you. Christian Me people, all people are created equal. It doesn't matter whether you're a Christian, whether you're a pastor, whether you're an atheist, whether you're a Muslim, whether you're a Buddhist, all people are flawed. It's just the way it is. So when you start writing something about God's people, you know, quote, unquote, people want to attack you. But people have been attacking me forever. But I actually can't have this story. And it is not even an attack on God's people. The the problem is that the church is a hospital. But Mm -hmm. we want to make the church a sanctuary that looks like everybody in there is perfect and fine and real. Holy and we don't have no sin. The pastor ain't sleeping with boys. You know, all of this. If people could see other people coming to the church, struggling with their issue, getting healed, getting delivered, going on and helping other people, we can spread the gospel quite quickly. But we want to pretend. And see, that's the whole thing about it. So, it's not pretentious. It's not an attack. It's just a book about two pastors. One is trying to go the right way, and the other one, at the end of his career, has just totally flipped, you know, and uh-huh. put on the the red rope and the horns and stuff. And, you know, they kind of <clears throat> collide and battle it out. And uh-huh. it's called... Um, Pray for pastor, P-R-E-Y, for pastor. Mm-hmm. So he, immediately, you know, somebody think, oh, somebody's about a bad pastor, blah, blah, blah. They are out there. We have to know about false prophets. We have to know that they're out there. We can't, you know, think that because you're running a mega church that the gospel is coming out your mouth and you're actually living the gospel because somebody can preach the gospel. Somebody told me one time that, <laughs> their pastor could preach, right? Mm-hmm. And I looked at the pastor and I listened to the pastor and the pastor could preach, but the pastor couldn't live what he was preaching. So right. I basically told him, you just have a man that knows how to preach. You don't have, you don't have a man that's living living for God. You know, mm-hmm. you, you you don't have a man living for God if he's embezzling money from the church, he's impregnating his babysitter who's 17, and you're sitting under him. So mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. went for it. It's called Pray for Pastor. That'll be coming out in November. And I'll put on my armor, and I'll be ready for the attack. But I'm... It really is just a Brenda Stokes Lee book. You know how I do? Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. It just happened to be some people, you know, in the church. Well, I'm waiting for it to come out. That's my story. <laughs> Actually, um, um, mm-hmm. 
Go ahead. No, I was going to say, um, I am, this is Tony. I am one of the lovers of my, the Micro series. I actually bought it in October of 2012. I have all the series, and I also read Georgia on my mind. I love Big Girl. You know, she, she, she epitomizes a lot of people that, you know, don't get shown in a, in a leading character. So, you know, exactly. thank God your sister was on you to continue this series because we would have never been blessed with your pen. And I absolutely love your pen. I've been reading you for years. But I want to talk to you about, I just finished Embracing My Storm. That's a, at least you got to get her book. That, my Queen series is awesome. And I love me some Teddy, brother. I just want to say I love me some Teddy. <laughs> thank you. Everybody does. Everybody, he's like a big teddy. I mean, a huge big teddy bear. (laughs) Wow. Okay, now I have a question. Where did the passion come behind creating Embracing My Storms? Okay, this is weird, and it's going to really sound weird. That book was not even on my radar. This was one day... That character, Russell Gunn, started talking to me. I'm a big ID Channel fan. I love the ID Channel, right? I will watch mm-hmm. it until my, until somebody tell me to turn off the murder channel. Mm-hmm. So this one day, this character, Russell Gunn, who's a private dick, who pretty much lives by his dick, he just started talking. <laughs> I'm like looking around thinking, I am going crazy. <laughs> Perhaps I did watch too much ID Channel, right? So I took them out for like a, a couple of weeks and kept talking and talking and talking and talking. So then I was like, he's coming to me in first person personal. I'm a black woman. This is a white boy, right? <laughs> How am I going to pull this off? So I went on and, you know, I hit up my call, my super readers, my fans, my family, my friends, people who love me. And I said, this character is coming to me so strong and first personal, first person personal. I said, should I go with it or should I like switch up what he's telling me, you know, to third person? And so everybody was like, no, let him talk, right? And that's where Embracing My Storm came from. Basically, my character, like, he, he's talking in that novel. He basically mm-hmm. dictated that novel, and that I just wrote, listening to whatever he said. And to be honest <laughs> with you, I kind of was shocked at the end, and y'all, that was like, what? <laughs> that is a good <laughs> Lisha, you know how we always say that universal pen, Brenda, that is the pen that Lisha and I are always describing here on the show. Lisha, that book has some comedy, it has some mystery, it has erotica. I mean, it's all wrapped up in one, and I would never know if you hadn't told me the skin of his, his the color of his skin, that he was a white man, because he got a lot of soul in him, and I absolutely love me some Rusty. So, I'm glad he was talking to you, and he was able to to, to Bring that book to fruition. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, now, are your books on audible? You know, I'm embarrassed <laughs> to hear them. <laughs> so I never went there. I never went there. It was funny. My nephew, 
he is, he was like 14 at the time, but he's learning disabled, right? And his mother's the one who read the All My Queen's Men book for me. So she had all my books laying around, and whenever she'd get one, she'd be in the bathroom for hours reading. Now, mind you, this boy is barely reading on the third grade level, but he's like 14, right? So, and we lived like, at this point, we lived like next door. So he came over one day and said, I'm going to be writing them nasty books. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> He's like, I, read, I know Brenda Stokes Lee is you. I'm not stupid. So I was like, I don't write no nasty books. So he went off, he went home, came back with a book, and he's standing outside my bedroom. This, <laughs> and he starts reading, this N-I-G-G-A had the biggest D-I-C-K I had ever seen. <laughs> so... I'm writing at the time, so I just I'm laughing. I just look up at him and roll my eyes. I was like, "If you're gonna read, say the word." I can't say that word. Juwan is mm-hmm. in here with you. Juwan is my ten year old grandson, right? So Juwan looks at him like, "I know how to read. I know what N I G G A means." And <laughs> And right there. Right there, I knew I didn't ever want to hear my words <laughs> read out loud. <laughs> Although with the Rusty book, I did, I did use the um, the app where the robot person reads your book. Mm-hmm. You know, like on Word, you can have them read whatever document it was. So I was trying to pick up some errors because. My editor, she's having life changes, and she couldn't get to her right away. So I was like, I'm going to clean up as best I can for you, right? So I put it on auto-read and let the person read it. Well, I started off with this, like, super white girl <laughs> reading, <laughs> right? <laughs> I think she had turned black by the end of that book. <laughs> oh, goodness. Because at first she didn't know certain words, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> she might as well be saying, uh-huh. you know, I do, do, But by the end of that book, she had figured out the words. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I changed her. <laughs> She's probably telling all her, her cyber friends to read my book. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one day I'll give it a shot. If I can find a sexy enough man to read, you know, maybe. Uh-huh. It would take uh-huh. a, a very special um, narrator to read a Brenda Stokes lead book. Because even my narrations uh-huh. kind of get a little wild. So, I don't uh-huh. know. Maybe one well, day. It would be interesting. It would be definitely interesting. Well, Brenda, we have so enjoyed having you on Let's Chat. Please don't let this be the Thank last you. time Lisa and I have been graced with your presence. But, you know, we're going to give you a fun question, and I'm going to include um, – I was going to do Rusty, but since you brought up my queen, I'm going to take it back a couple of years, and we're going to insert Teddy because he was one of my – he was my all-time favorite in that first oh. series of yours. No, you're not. You're going to give me these never and half inches. Teddy is a professional <laughs> player for our listening audience that hasn't read the My Queen series. And he is huge. He is, he's a huge black man. 
So we're going to put that banana in Teddy's hand, and he's going to go up to my queen's mansion, and he's going to try to get her to take him back because, you know, he did his thing in the story. So we're going to have Teddy try to make up with my queen using a banana. Go, Miss Brenda. <laughs> Come on, you know you got it with me. Why you put me in this position? Because I want to hear that spontaneous creativity. <laughs> Queen had just gotten out the shower and there was a persistent banging at the door. And she looks at the clock and says, who the hell is the hot door? It's 7 in the morning. I got to go to work. So she goes to the door peeping out and all she sees is this huge bouquet of bananas. What the Ooh. F? So she snatches the door. Who are you? And what the fuck you want? And this girl. Teddy puts the bananas down and says, You got a foul mouth. I want some bananas for you. You can take all of these and you can take this one right here. She says, Give me the damn bananas and get the hell away from my door. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah. I love it. See, you just went right into motion. You hear that? She told me she was worried. She just went right into creation mode. Uh-huh. Automatically. I live there. I live there. <laughs> Not just a banana, but a bunch of banana. <laughs> oh, I love it. Thank you so much, Brenda. We appreciate Thank that. Thank you guys for having me. You, you have to shout out to me, your social media handles and where they can pick up all your books and if you have anything uh, that's on the horizon that they can come support you with. Um, basically, if you go to Google.com and you type in Brenda Stokes Lee, you're going to get like 25 million hits. <laughs> <laughs> I love saying that. I can probably say you can Google me. <laughs> but anyway, that's how you can find me. I'm Brenda Stokes Lee on Twitter. I'm Brenda Stokes Lee on Facebook. I'm Brenda Stokes Lee on Pinterest. Wherever I am, I'm Brenda Stokes Lee. And if you like free books, if you go to grownfolksbooks.com, you can find a lot of free Brenda Stokes Lee books. That is my bookstore. I own it. I'm trying to give an Amazon and Barnes and Noble my money. So if you want to support me, buy my books there. They're the same books, half the price, and you save money and get twice as many books. That's my commercial. Absolutely. And I have my got my book today. Lisha, every Friday she gives away a free book, and uh, it's amazing. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. <laughs> I've given away 46 well, books so far. Really? Well, you know we love you here on Let's Chat, and please don't let this be the last time Leisha and I are graced with your presence. It has been live, definitely live, and we have so enjoyed having you. Thank you so much for inviting me, and I will love to come whenever you invite me.
You ladies oh, keep doing you. this because it's great, and you're a great team. Oh, well, we thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. So now I'm going to have to go back and listen to your old programs, see what y'all been up to. <laughs> you're more than welcome. It's all Lisa's fault, whatever you come across. It's Lisa's fault, not mine. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I got you, Miss Tony, Tony, Tony. <laughs> Lisa, I appreciate you, Miss Brenda. Thanks. I appreciate you guys, and thanks for asking me anytime. You're very welcome. We love you here, so make sure you come back again, okay? <laughs> I love you guys, too, and I will definitely do that in 2018. Absolutely. Well, you have a great you evening, and go get you a bouquet of bananas, girl. <laughs> girl, that's as close as I'm going to get, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you it's have a great evening, that way. okay? Thanks. You guys are insane. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> Leash, I love that. I love her. <laughs> that was fun. That was fun. She is hilarious. Okay, <laughs> hilarious. I'm going to have to get her book. Yes. Now, Miss Brenda, I know you're listening, so I'm going to need you to put some of them books on audiobook because, you know, that's my new thing. Uh, it's audiobook. Girl. books. Now I find myself not having time to, like, stop. So mm-hmm. I have to um, listen to stuff while I'm doing everything mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Right. Belize, be prepared. Once you get one Brenda Stokes book, you're going to be in the library. That's I have read. He has written. And I can't wait for Pray for Pastor to come out. <laughs> See? Well, we want to thank everyone for joining us tonight. We hope you guys have had as much fun as Zisha and I. It was a live night tonight. That's have you noticed our Fridays usually end like that on a high note? <laughs> Absolutely. Mm, Absolutely. Mm. We always have a good time here on Let's Chat. We appreciate everybody who who always calls in, who supports us, who comes and listens to our stream. Um, we were talking about this on the show yesterday, just the, the different uh, demographics that listen to our show. And I was like, wow, you know, it's 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 like, okay. Mm-hmm. So I was looking and I was like, well, so majority of the people that listen come from the United States, but we got people that listen from Ghana, Vietnam, United Kingdom, Russia. You know, Russia, if you're listening, I'm just saying, we feel a little way about your tampering, but it's all love that you listen to us chat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, everybody, that's tuned in tonight. We so appreciate you. We hope you guys have a great weekend. And don't forget, uh, we are off next week. It's Thanksgiving next Thursday, Leash. I can't believe it's here. I know. (laughs) It's going to be live. It's going to be live. I'm excited. We will see you guys December the 7th. Have a great night and a great weekend. Good night, everybody. Good night. I was waiting on the screen to do what it's going to do. Oh, pull up on a bump of that bayroll. Shawty want to go, come a bayroll. Uh, yeah. Anywhere I go, you know the bayroll. Yeah.